Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the big broadcast. Coast to coast. Butter Tune in, iTunes. What in the world? Something's happening here. I don't know. Something's happening. Who knows what the hell it is. But, uh... <laughs> we are getting things going today here on our big program, Coast to Coast to Border to Border on Tune In iTunes and Radio Loyalty. Welcome back to our big program. And uh, we have got a great guest joining us on the telephone. We are going to go to her. And uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, my friend. Hi, I'm Dr. Julie Friedman. I'm the National Senior Director for the Binge Eating Treatment and Recovery Program at Eating Recovery Center. So I'm, ca- I'm calling in from Chicago today. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about your background, my friend. Sure. So I have a Ph.D. in clinical psychology, um, originally started doing a sleep fellowship, so worked primarily with people with sleep disorders um, after I got my Ph.D. in clinical psychology, um, then went on to do an obesity medicine and eating disorder fellowship, and have been working exclusively in the field of eating disorders for about the last 10 years. Wow, amazing stuff. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big program, Coast to Coast and Boulder to Boulder on Tuna and iTunes and Radio Loyalty. We have a uh, fantastic guest with us today, Dr. Friedman. And uh, so, so tell us about the Eating Recovery Center and its mission. We'll start there. Sure. So Eating Recovery Center really was designed to take the very best care of patients, families, and providers. Um, obviously, who are referring their patients, um, of patients certainly with eating disorders. So we treat people at what's called higher levels of care. Um, so when people need more than, you know, going to a psychologist one time a week, um, sitting down for an hour or so and then being done, um, that's very, very, it's a hard way to treat eating disorders because the behaviors um, that are involved in eating disorders are so overlooked. They're such habits, if you will, um, that people really need a whole lot of support in breaking those behaviors and those habits on their own. Um, So we really provide intensive treatment. Um, The best way to think about it, I always tell patients who are calling, prospective patients who are calling, it's almost like rehab but for food. Um, So they come in, um, we have everything from an inpatient setting um, where they'll come in for about a month or two, live with us um, in one of our residential settings, and we do treatment 24-7. Um, and then there's also some lower levels of care, so things like a day program, um, where we have treatment about eight hours a day, and you get all of your psychology, psychiatry, uh, group therapy, dietitian, exercise, and medical doc all in there. And then we have something um, like an intensive outpatient program that's really for a patient who doesn't want to take medical leave, um, doesn't want to take time away from work or their family, but still needs more treatment than outpatient. 
Um, and those would be primarily evening programs that are about nine hours a week or so. We've got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast, Coast to Coast and Boulder to Boulder. Tune in. iTunes and Radio Loyalty. Also, iHeartRadio today. And a uh, great guest, great guest with us today. Now, what is binge eating disorder, BED? How many individuals does it affect, Doctor? Well, the prevalence rate, I mean, it varies depending on the diagnostic criteria used and how you're studying it. Uh, But we think about 3% of men um, and about 3% of women as well um, have the criteria for binge eating disorder. So binge eating, and, and it's important to know this, I mean, everybody binges, right? I mean, that's part of normal eating behavior, and we define a binge as eating more than most people would eat in a discrete time period, so let's say like a two-hour window. Um, and so eating more than most people would eat in that time window and feeling a loss of control while you're eating, like you can't stop yourself from eating. So again, most people would binge occasionally, and that's pretty normative. Um, But when you have somebody who's binging one time a week for three months or more, and the behavior is associated with either some distress, um, so they're upset about this, they feel guilty, ashamed, um, they feel out of control with this, it's, you know, creating some kind of impairment in their lives where they're not doing the things that they value, um, things that they really love to do or need to do because they're so... um, busy or preoccupied with engaging in behaviors, that's when we would start to think about, okay, we have a normative behavior that's now crossed into a pathological um, or more significant or serious eating disorder. Um, so actually, this eating disorder is the most common eating disorder. It's the most prevalent, um, but it's the least well-known. I think the best well-known probably being anorexia nervosa and bulimia nervosa. Um, so many of our patients don't even know that they have an eating disorder. Um, you know, they're dieting, they're attempting weight, um, they think that they have, you know, poor discipline um, or a lack of willpower or motivation, and then we diagnose them and treat them. Um, so I think the first step is they don't even know that they meet criteria for the diagnosis. Uh, second point is that typically they're um, treating or going into treatment in all of the wrong places, so they don't realize that they need specialized eating disorder treatment for this condition. So oftentimes they will get treated for food um, issues, anxiety issues, trauma um, treatment, and never address the eating disorder because they don't know where to address it or how to address it. And that's where Eating Recovery Center comes in. We've got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast. Now, what are some of the unusual and usual signs of symptoms of BED? Sure. So I would say usual signs certainly would be um, secretive eating, um, intrusive thoughts about eating, um, a lot of what we would call compulsive behaviors around food. So going to um, seeking food, going to trying to eat food for a binge, um, you know, eating food and then replacing it so that people don't know what you've eaten. Again, a lot of shame and secrecy and things like that around the eating. Um, typically, we'll also, I think more, more of an unusual symptom would be somebody who's binging between dinner and bedtime. Um, so we see a lot of that where somebody is quote-unquote good um, all day or they're, they're relatively sort of on a meal plan or they're on their diet um, or whatever it is during the day and then they're binging or having this kind of loss of control eating um, at night. Another, I think, unusual symptom would be grazing and continuous grazing on food. So eating small amounts of food frequently throughout the day or evening, um, waking up to binge and, and allowing the binge to sort of get you back to bed. Um, those are some more unusual symptoms of binge eating. 
Um, but again, typically people are just attributing their eating disorder behaviors to a lack of willpower or discipline. Um, so when they hear that criteria, oftentimes people are shocked that they actually have an eating disorder um, and that they have an eating disorder that merits significant treatment in order to help them decrease the frequency and intensity of these behaviors. We've got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast here on the Tuesday edition of the world famous Chiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. And uh, so are there any patients that you cannot accommodate at the uh, BED? Um, I got to tell you, no. I mean, there really aren't. We see men, we see women, um, we see patients of all weights, shapes, and sizes. So we are meant to be accessible. Um, to people who are um, worried about, you know, oh, will there be a furniture um, or a bed that fits my body size? We're made for all sizes. Um, so, again, the furniture, the medical equipment, everything we have is accessible. Um, and we treat comorbidities. So we treat people who have depression, um, anxiety, substance use, trauma, um, as I said, along with their binge eating disorder. So it would be very, very rare that we would have a patient that we cannot accommodate. We also have 24-7 nursing, um, and we have a significant amount of medical care um, and medical medical professionals working with us. So we can accommodate people who have a decent amount of medical need as well, Um, and we certainly do. We see people with all kinds of medical comorbidities, um, from, you know, congestive heart failure to diabetes, um, and more common medical comorbidities like hypertension, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and sleep disturbances or sleep disorders. We've got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast. And uh, before we let you go, how can listeners get more information about the Eating Recovery Center? Sure. So they can go to one of two websites. They can go to www.eatingrecovery.com. They can also go to Better B E T R Works. W-O-R-K-S, um, if they have specific questions for our binge shooting program. And then um, in terms of just getting in touch with us, you'll see the assessment number. There's a form that you can get in touch with us on the website, um, but there's also a number you can talk pretty much 24-7, um, you know, to somebody with a, to a master's level clinician, so somebody who can help you get to the right program and the right location for you. We also will go ahead and check their insurance and things like that for them once they go ahead and call. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on the broadcast, and uh, have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day, my friend. You too. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. And uh, there we go. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we have got more coming up. It is the world famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast. Myself. Today's show is brought to you by Go Epic Health, makers of Cholesterate, the natural way to lower cholesterol. Invented by the creator of Gatorade, Dr. J. Robert Cade, Cholesterate is clinically proven to lower cholesterol levels by 21%. Avoid the harmful side effects of statin drugs. Cholesterate works to naturally lower cholesterol and promote healthy weight loss. Order today and use promo code LDL25 to get 25% off your order or find a store near you at www.drinkcholesterate.com. 
Attention, this is a public notice from Citizens Disability. If you are one of the millions of Americans who are disabled and unable to work, you may be entitled to disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right if you suffer from a physical or mental disability. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied, Citizens Disability can help. You'll be given an advocate who will evaluate your situation, handle your application, and deal with Social Security. Best of all, there is no fee until you receive your benefits. We only get paid if you win your case. To get started with your free no-obligation consultation, call 800-504-1639. That's 800-504-1639. There are a vast number of conditions that can make you eligible for disability benefits, many that you may not be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, call Citizens Disability today. Again, that's 800-504-1639. 800-504-1639. That's Citizens Disability. 800-504-1639. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. They can consolidate your debts, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. Call Consolidated Credit now. 800-404-0907. 800-404-0907. That's 800-404-0907. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services Incorporated. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 33313. Not a loan company. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM19. Oregon DM80031. Licensed by Virginia State Corporation Commission DC32. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-809-5785. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-809-5785. That's 1-800-809-5785. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS and you cannot afford to make payments to the IRS, you may qualify for the CNC tax program. This is a new program, and if you qualify, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Once you're accepted into this program, the IRS is forced to stop all harassing collection activities. No threatening phone calls, no wage garnishments, no bank levies, and no more monthly payments to the IRS. Get ready to write this number down. It's the most important number you'll ever need to end your IRS tax nightmare. Call Paramount Tax Relief at 800-549-6183 for a free confidential consultation to find out if you qualify for the CNC tax program. Once you are accepted into the CNC tax program, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Call Paramount Tax Relief now at 800-549-6183. That's 800-549-6183. Again, 800-549-6183. Welcome back to our big broadcast. Coast to coast, butter to butter. There I went, popping the mic again. iTunes, Radio Loyalty. Growing up, 
watching WGN America. It was before it was WGN America. I would watch the Chicago Bulls every Saturday night. And they would play this music. And then they would be like, And from North, North Carolina, 6 foot. I call And the coach of the Bulls, Phil Jackson. And of course, the man in the middle, Bill Cartwright. And of course, had Scotty Pippa. Horace Grant. Horace Grant I always thought of as um, he was the shimp uh, to the Chicago Bulls. He played some of the games... But a lot of times, he didn't play all the games. But uh, that is that. And uh, we are going to go to our next guest, who is going to join us here in just a few moments, Barbara Sternig. The great Barbara Sternig. She is going to join us on the uh, on the old telephone. On the old skip Skype, as they say. I don't know who's saying it. They are indeed saying it. The skip Skype. The skype which, by the way, uh, Craig Leaner, it was never about basketball, uh, mispronounced the way, I mis- the way I mispronounced this. It is the skype not the skype Hello. And there's Barbara Sternig. How are you, my friend? I'm just fine, and how are you doing? Pretty good, actually. We've got a great guest with us today. Barbara Sternig joins us. She's got, she's got a brand new book, Celebrity Secrets of a National Enquirer Reporter, The Further Adventures on the Hollywood Beat. And uh, she joins us today here on Skype Audio. She is one fearless lady. She was a senior reporter on the Hollywood Beat for the mightiest tabloid of all of them. The National Enquirer. For 20 action-packed years covering the biggest celebs in the world and the most glamorous locations in the world for some of the toughest bosses in the world, her latest book is Celebrity Secrets of a National Enquirer Reporter is jammed with her hilarious Hollywood adventures, bold escapades, and pursuit of very famous people and their very secret story. She's the only Enquirer reporter ever to open the vault and tell all. And she's here with us today here on Skype Audio. Tell us just how the Enquirer staffers get this stuff. Welcome back of the broadcast, Barbara. <laughs> Thank you, Jim, so much. Well, you know, the thing is, everybody, ever since I first joined the Enquirer, the very, from the very first day, right up until today, the first questions that everybody has always asked me are two. The first one, is any of that stuff true? That's a one-word answer, of course, otherwise the paper wouldn't be in business. Second question, how do you get that stuff? That is why I wrote this book. That is, This is actually a sequel. I wrote the first book uh, a, a couple of years ago called Secrets of a Tabloid Reporter. Just be- and I found that I had so many, many adventures that the sequel just happened. And this one has a lot more stuff in it, which is, uh, brings us right up until today, including a chapter on Bill Cosby. So, uh, And I, I also included my experiences covering princess diana's wedding as well as her funeral in person so there's tons of pictures with that chapter and yeah it's uh how do we get that stuff that's what this book is all about it takes a lot of uh persistence it takes uh some using of the noggin and it takes a little bit of bloody mindedness that refusal to take no for an answer and just keep going at it until you finally get the break and uh no excuses 
the paper was very, very, and I suppose still is, very results-oriented. So if you can get the results, you got yourself a good job. Barbara Sternig with us today. Check out the website, barbarasternig.com. Celebrity Secrets of a National Enquirer reported the further adventures on the Hollywood beat. Now, you worked at the Enquirer for 20 years. How'd you last so long? <laughs> well, you know, sometimes it wasn't so e- Well, I shouldn't say that. It really wasn't so hard uh, because I was always in the middle of everything. My background actually suited me extremely well for this job. It was kind of like when preparation met opportunity. I had come from another job covering the biggest parts of Hollywood. I was Rona Barrett's writer. She was a very early pioneer in celebrity reporting. She had a, a daily report that was dropped into the 10 o'clock news on around 60 stations all around the country, the Metro Media chain at that time. And, and so every single night, I was out covering events, parties, openings. And uh, in those older days, all of the biggest stars were still around. I was a kid starting out. And people like Kirk Douglas, Gregory Peck, um, you know, Jimmy Stewart, these people were out at the first nights and out at all the parties. I mean, the homes that I went to, I went to, actually went to a party at Jimmy Durante's house one time. These people were a kind of a different breed than the stars of today. They weren't so insulated. They were much more open to, uh, you know, the press and having coverage. And those days with Rona Barrett, uh, you know, I, I kind of developed a huge contact list and this uh, was very very useful to me obviously after Rona went off the air and then I joined the National Enquirer so that background was was uh, really helped me to last so long I had the numbers I could call people up like Jack Nicholson and people like that I you know they would even return my call so that was very very helpful in getting getting down to the uh, the nitty-gritty and getting the actual source yeah, that's, that was it. <laughs> We've got a, a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast, Barbara Sternig. Check out BarbaraSternig.com for more information. Celebrity Secrets of a National Enquirer reporter. The further adventures on the Hollywood Beat. And uh, what kind of background did you have to get this job to begin with? Well, yeah, that was it. That Rona background was really... You know what, you know what Jim, before that, as a kid growing up, I always knew I was going to be a writer ever since I was 10 years old. That was just my forte. However, I never really cared much about celebrities growing up. When I came to Hollywood, I was a news writer at KFWB Radio, an all-news radio station. And um, uh, someone at that radio station uh, thought my writing style was perfect, and his wife worked for Rona Barrett. He thought my writing style, I, I went for the kickers and stuff like that. I had fun writing the news stories and tried to make them interesting. And he thought that I would be ideal to write for Rona. His wife had worked for her. She was bumped up to a different job, and Rona had this opening for her TV show. So that was really kind of what led me to it. But I never really, I I was not somebody who read movie magazines or had crushes or anything like that. Maybe one crush when I was about 11, but uh, that's about it. So I, I just kind of fell into the Hollywood thing. The background that I had was strictly by working for Rona and being dumped in the middle of the Hollywood. Hollywood milieu, so uh, that uh, that's how that all kind of came to pass. We've got a great guest with us today. Barbara Sternig joins us here in a broadcast. BarbaraSternig.com. And also check out Celebrity Secrets of a National Enquirer reporter. Further adventures on Hollywood Beach. She joins us today here on Skype Audio. Now, what made you want to join National Enquirer? 
Well, you know, it was timing. I, you know, let's just be totally bottom line. I was out of a job. I had been, after Rona went off the air, I had a friend that was a magician. And he said, oh, my God, Barbara, you'll fill out these costumes great. I need an assistant. I'm going off for nine months to work on the cruise ships. Call me, call me. I said, well, I'm not a performer. I'm a writer. He said, no, I'll train you. I'll train you. So anyway, he trained me for about a month, and off I went on the ships. Okay, when I came home from the ships, I was devastated. I was just devastated. Life seemed so harsh and horrible. I knew the only way I would get my feet back on the ground was to get a real job. And so the inquirer happened to be offering me that job for a long time. And finally, I, I, I kind of didn't think it would be suitable for me, but I thought this is the only offer I've got going. It's timing. So I said yes, and that's why I joined the National Enquirer. I needed a job, and that job was kind of had my name on it. <laughs> We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast. Barbara Sternig is with us. She's got a fantastic book. BarbaraSternig.com is the website. Celebrity Secrets of a National Enquirer Reporter. Further Adventures Hollywood Bees. She joins us today here on Skype Audio. Now, tell us about the most memorable celebrity encounter and the zaniest escapade. Oh, God. Well, I would say... The most memorable celebrity encounter. Yeah, there were so many of them. My encounters with Frank Sinatra were amazing. And those are detailed in my first book, Secrets of a Tabloid Reporter. By the way, people can read excerpts from both of these books on my website. Uh, and the, the, the Sinatra chapter is, is excerpted on the website. But I would say probably the most celebrity encounter I had was with Robert Mitchum. That the film noir star from the past and oh my god he kind of rescued me in the middle of this big uh, kind of hoedown event in which I was a, a, a credentialed guest uh, covering it for the Enquirer and I ended up at the dinner sitting across the table from all these older older Hollywood ladies and as soon as they found out I was with the Enquirer they started to, to say terrible things to me started to be very rude to me and say oh well don't talk too loud She'll, she's going to write about it I didn't even even know who they were but anyway who should happen to come up and sit down next to me Robert Mitchum when he heard all this kind of stuff going on he finally had enough of it and he said you know Barbara why don't why don't you come outside with me let's go and get some fresh air so <laughs> very pointedly he said that and it turned out that we ended up spending the evening together wandering around this sort of ranch thing having a few cocktails together and he ended up giving me this huge wonderful personal interview and you know it was kind of just amazing because growing up I always saw his movies on the late show at night and I certainly knew who he was and he turned out to be such a gentleman such a great guy so down to earth totally real person and so I would say that he was probably the most memorable celebrity uh, that I ever really had a chance to spend a lot of time with like that and, uh, and the zany one the zaniest escapade is in the book too it's, it had to be Whoopi Goldberg's wedding which I crashed <laughs> along with about five other Enquirer reporters who were already inside and Whoopi had no idea and she hated the National Enquirer and she had taken great precautions not to have her wedding Getting, uh, breached and uh, this was really the reception after and oh my god I just, you'll have to read the book to find out how I managed to get in there but oh it was really hilarious at one point she's pointing at a photographer who I don't know if it was even our photographer who had snapped a picture and she's pointing and screaming obscenities and guess who she was standing next to 
when she was screaming to have that photographer removed. She was standing next to me, the senior reporter for the National Enquirer. So that was a pretty zany one, and that chapter is uh, quite a lot of fun. <laughs> We've got a, a great guest with us today. Barbara Sterning joins us here on our broadcast, Celebrity Secrets of the National Enquirer Reporter. Further adventures on the Hollywood Beach. You join us today here on Skype Audio at 25 minutes after the hour. Check out com. It's available now at com. Now, have you ever found yourself in real danger? Well, I would say yes, actually. Um, I was in uh, on assignment out in Hawaii trying to cover. This was not even a celebrity story. It was about these five little Costa Rican fishermen who had been stranded out at sea for, I don't know, five months, and they somehow survived in their little boat with no food. They caught fish almost by hand and got rainwater. Anyway, the Enquirer wanted this great survival story, so I was sent out to Hawaii to, to clinch it. Well, it turns out that they... They were they were already all tied up with some other magazine, but the people that were in charge of them wouldn't tell me that. So I kept on chasing them, and they had some thugs around them who actually led me on an amazing car chase, after which the guy with a huge, great big briefcase that must have been full of bricks actually smashed the windshield of the car that I was in. <laughs> I would say that was the most dangerous thing that I was ever in. That was a harrowing car chase, but even though I really kept right on that limousine that contained those little guys, never did get the story. The story was published elsewhere, but boy, that was an adventure. <laughs> One of those memorable adventures. It is Barbara Sternig. She joins us today here on iHeartRadio, AMFM247.com. Tune in, iTunes, and Radio Loyalty. Check out BarbaraSternig.com for more information. Celebrity Secrets of a National Enquirer reporter. Further adventures on the Hollywood beat is the latest from her. Uh, have you ever gotten any death threats, Barbara? Oh, yeah, yes. Only once, though. And it was from the KISS Army. You remember that group that always had those... Yes, those indeed. Horror, Gene yeah. Simmons yeah. and them, yes. Well, and they were they spent many, many years never out of that makeup. Well, I have managed to acquire an out-of-makeup picture of KISS, the first picture of KISS without their makeup, and the Enquirer published it under my byline and caption. Well... I got a mountain of mail, not at my house, but at the Enquirer offices, with death threats from the whole Kiss Army, who took exception to this uh, publishing of the of their uh, idols without their makeup. But I, and you know, there were always threats. I mean, not overt threats of harm, but just kind of rude behavior. People would brush you off. It was a hard job from that point of view because many celebrities feared the National Enquirer, and especially if they had a big story they were trying to keep hush-hush. And because we were very good at rooting out these things, not only myself, but many of my colleagues were real bulldogs from Fleet Street who knew how to get the goods. So, uh, you know, it's not uh, so much that that was the only real instance of a death threat, but uh, there were always uh, you know, challenges in getting your story, trying to win over people and to assure them that the story was going to be, uh, you know, a truthful one. Barbara Sternig with us today. Check out BarbaraSternig.com. Celebrity Secrets of a National Enquirer Reporter. Further adventures on the Hollywood Beat. Check out BarbaraSternig.com for more information. Now, you have a chapter in your book about Bill Cosby. Were you ever assaulted sexually, physically? Tell us about Bill Cosby. 
Well, Bill Cosby, you know, this chapter that I have in the book is before, way, way before all of this stuff broke uh, in these modern days. This was a long time ago, and a girlfriend and I were at a, a, a pro-celebrity tennis tournament that Bill was hosting. He took a shine to my girlfriend, who was, a, you know, she was actually the daughter of a rather famous Hollywood figure and uh, a pretty girl, and, you know, we were both kind of cute young girls, and he took a shine to her, and he, he was kind of flirting with her at the very end of the tournament, and, and he invited uh, her to come and have a drink with, with him afterwards, and she did not want to do that, you know. You know, she knew he was married and everything else, and so she said, oh, well, no, I can't because Babs and I are here together, and I said, no, no, Babs, you come too. Anyway, so we thought with safety and numbers, we met him up at the Beverly Hilton Hotel in this little quiet little bar, and my gosh, he was all over my girlfriend. I kind of had an inkling that there was that he was a player. I, I, we had no evidence whatsoever of all of this stuff that has been revealed in the later years. And, of course, my girlfriend never spoke of it again. We left together. We did, she did not go by herself with him or anything. We both left together. But later, at her house, I saw a framed picture of her and Bill Cosby, and I always wondered if anything further happened. She never said a word about it, but uh, that gave me an inkling that he was somebody that uh, that probably was a player, and that was confirmed to me later on when I did a story about uh, Cosby keeping a, a showgirl in a house up in Las Vegas. That one was never published because I had to ask Bill Cosby. I was told by my editor, you have to call him for a comment. And, of course, he then called the executive editor of the paper, and the story was squelched in exchange for a sit-down interview with any inquirer reporter except me. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I always had inklings about uh, Bill Cosby. Was I ever assaulted? No, not personally. I was never assaulted. I was never pinned down. I was never anything. But I think that that would have been uh, a little out of the question for most people, knowing that I was a reporter with the National Enquirer. It's not like a lot of the any uh, young actresses and other cute girls in Hollywood. I suppose every single girl that's been here has some kind of a story to tell about that. But, uh, you know, not that people didn't flirt or come on to you, but, you know, there was always a very, very easy solution in my book to that, and that was a two-letter word called no. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't do anything, you don't do anything that doesn't feel correct or anything that smells a little funny. You just stay away from it. That's how you stay out of trouble. But, um, you know, uh, there, were, there were a lot of players around here, and Cosby, it turns out, was one of the premier ones. So, uh, yeah, there, there's, it's still a kind of a tradition in Hollywood. I think it's been mitigated a lot by all of these exposures lately of people who have misbehaved in the, in the, in the workplace, uh, especially, um, you know, when they have access to a lot of power and they wield it over girls who are ambitious and want the, want the work. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it certainly is a feature of, I suppose, not only Hollywood. What do you think? Well, I'll tell you, we've got a uh, great guest with us today. Barbara Sternig is with us. BarbaraSternig.com, Celebrity Secrets of a National Enquirer reporter. Further Adventures on the Hollywood Beat, and she's with us today here on our big program. Now, tell us about uh, ever meeting Harvey Weinstein or, or anything to do with Weinstein. 
No, I never met Harvey Weinstein. I never, I never covered him. I never met him. I might have written about his films, but no, thank heavens, <laughs> I never did have any encounters with, with him. Unlike a lot of girls that we now know about, huh? <laughs> yeah, that that was that would be sort of a uh, a, a cautionary tale to girls, I think. And uh, uh, these movements of today uh, have brought it to the fore. That's a good thing. We have got a great guest with us today, Barbara Sternig, barbersternig.com, barbersternig.com. Check out barbersternig.com. <laughs> Celebrity Secrets of a National Choir Reporter, Further Adventures on the Hollywood Beach. She's with us today here on Skype Audio. Now tell us about uh, the upside of being an Enquirer reporter. Oh, you know what? There was there really was a great upside about it. You got to travel all over the world in pursuit of very famous stars. You stayed in the wonderful hotels and resorts where they stayed. We really made an amazing salaries in in those days. When I first joined the National Enquirer, my salary was higher than top editors at the LA Times you know Mr. Pope was our publisher Generoso Pope Jr. and he was generous he loved reporters he loved editors and he paid very well to have them on his staff we had endless expense accounts anything that we needed to get our stories he would provide it I mean he would on the drop of a hat if some huge story broke he would get a Learjet and put 12 reporters on it and off we went you know so we would be on the ground before most people even knew what was happening yeah it was the upside is a lot of excitement big stars and it was a unique kind of uh entry into the inner sanctum of hollywood to to uh, get a look and actually it was your job to ask very personal questions of very famous people and they were in an interview and they would answer it was it was a uh, really an amazing uh, sometimes i think about it and i think i as i was doing it day by day i didn't even stop to consider all of these things after afterwards you know you have a little perspective and you look back and, and you say oh my god this was amazing that's another reason why i wrote this book and the other book too uh, and i hope people yeah go and read the excerpts i think you'll enjoy it. you can get all the details on the website it's it's, uh, it's been a, a great uh, kind of fun experience for me to recount the things that happened and to remember it myself because it was all pretty amazing we've got Barbara Sternig with us today check out barbersternig.com Celebrity Secrets of a National Choir Reporter Further Adventures on the Hollywood Beat is available now at barbersternig.com check out barbersternig.com for more information now tell us about how important were the contacts Oh, that that was all important. Without your contacts, I mean, you had no way to move. You had you had nothing to do. You had nothing to say. You had nothing to find out. And the contacts could come from almost anywhere. You know, you, and we all spent a lot of time out and about in Hollywood. All of us reporters on the West Coast, and. Uh, they could be, it could be a hairdresser. It could be your own hairdresser who just happened to also be the hairdresser for Meg Ryan or somebody else, you know. And, and so you, then you just chat and talk and find stuff out. It could be parking valets. It could be, which was kind of surprising, it could be a big-name PR person who would secretly come to you and give you what was really going on just to make sure that the story about his client was accurate. And, uh, you know, contacts were everywhere. They could come out of the woodwork. They could call you if they had a big story. Oh, that happened to me many times. Um, so in, in here in town, you know, this is a company town, uh, Hollywood. It's a small town. It's a small, big 
it's a small town and a big industry. So contacts are everywhere, and they were, of course, the lifeblood of, of any journalist's life, not only Inquirer, but any any journalist and in, in any medium of journalism. You have to have contacts in order to get the story. We've got Barbara Sternig with us today. It is 36 minutes after the hour. BarbaraSternig.com is the official website where you can pick up the book, Celebrity Secrets of a National Enquirer Reporter, Further Adventures in the Hollywood Beat. Now, um, where did you find some of these contacts? Well, you know, as I say, it could it could be almost anywhere. I, oftentimes, I, I I would be sitting at my desk just working on a story, and I would I would call somebody to who I knew might know something, and guess what would happen? That person would then make a couple other calls to other other people that they knew that might know something, and so out of the blue, I would get further calls. It was kind of like a a, a, a branch with little twigs on it, and these twigs would come through for you too. So it, it could be anywhere. It could be my next. There's a chapter in my book it turns out my next door neighbor was the source of a huge story i never even knew and it just kind of all came out so you know you'll if you read the book you'll you'll kind of find out how all of those inner workings uh outwork and how they all result in in getting the whole picture of a story We've got Barbara Sternig with us today, barbarasternig.com. She joins us today on Skype. Now, um, would some of these contacts surprise us? Yes, I think they really would. You would people that you wouldn't even believe. As I say, the most I think the most surprising thing of all was when you would get a call from a big name PR who would, if you called their office as the National Enquirer, and I've had it happen to me, they would just hang up or refuse to take the call. In fact, when I first joined the National Enquirer. I had so many PR contacts. I had placed so many items for them on our television broadcast. And they kind of almost like owed, not that really owed me a favor because it's a two-way street, but they knew that I was somebody reliable and I had helped them get their clients' publicity. Well, when I would call after joining the National Enquirer, I'd say, say I'm, I'm, I'm with the National Enquirer now. I like to, I've had people that I was, I thought were my close friends hang up the phone on me. And that was a big shock. I would say the first year I worked there, I must have shed a bucket of tears. It was it was hard on me. But then, you know, you realize that it's not a personal thing. But some of these PR people who actually twigged and they figured out that they could use the National Enquirer to their own benefit. If they worked with the Enquirer, they could have more control over the story. If they uh, approved a sit-down interview, they can be present at the interview. And this happened very, very often, actually. And in fact, some of the early big stories that I got were just because of that. If the, there was one PR guy, in fact, it's a, I think it's the first chapter in my, my new book, um, he was an very good friend of mine, and we'd done a lot of work together when I was with Rona, and he put me with his biggest star at that time, even though I was with the Inquirer, and he trusted me to do the story correctly and to do the story honorably, and which I did. And so that all just worked out great, and that smoothed the way for further stories. So that's how it worked. Not that you could always do it that way. Sometimes it became a big secret, and sometimes it wasn't pleasant, actually, to have a big piece of information about a star who you liked. You know, I remember having a big story about, there was a show called Chico and the Man. Oh, this was back in the 70s with Freddie Prinze Sr., not Jr., but the dad, 
who was a young, cute guy, and his co-star was an old-timey actor called Jack Albertson. And I got some information that he was suffering from a cancer. And my, oh, my God, this was awful. I had to call Jack Albertson up and ask him that question. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of... Uh, uh, didn't want to answer it, and he knew I knew the truth, and oh God, it was just awful. But uh, you know that that's sort of happened too. Sometimes you'd have information, and the story was there, and you just made you cringe to have to write it. But there it was, and it was a lead that had been given to you to follow. And so, yeah, there were there were a lot of uh, conflicting feelings that often arose uh, in this job, but for the most part, it was it was really a, a, a great experience. It was a very big experience to have. We've got a great guest with us today. Barbara Sternig joins us here in our broadcast. And uh, check out Celebrity Secrets of a National Car Reporter. Further adventures in the Hollywood Beat available at barbarasternig.com. Did any celebs who use the Inquirer to their own advantage? And how so? And can you give us any names? Yes, yes, some of the some of them definitely did. Burt Reynolds did. Oh my gosh, Burt always did. Um, he, in fact, he he was the first guy, to my knowledge, that ever agreed to do a sit down interview if they would give him money. He was the first paid. I would say he was the first paid celebrity, and that was back when I first joined the paper a long time ago during the 1970s. And, uh, but then he was very cooperative, and he got great stories in the Inquirer. Another one who always cooperated was Phyllis Diller. Remember Phyllis? And, and she, in fact, she invited me to her home when she turned 70. When she turned 70 years old, she invited me to her home to her birthday party. And we did a big 70th birthday with her. She always cooperated. You know who else? Other ways that that inquire, the Enquirer was used by stars. Madonna used to do this. She was going to be somewhere. She didn't want to come directly to the Enquirer, but she would have an anonymous call made to the National Enquirer saying, I'm going to be in Beverly Hills dining at the Ivy this evening. If you're outside about 10.30, or she didn't say me. She would have somebody say, Madonna's going to be at the Ivy tonight. If you have a photographer outside about 10.30 or 11, you'll get a picture of her with so-and-so boyfriend or whatever. Those were the ways that some stars used the Enquirer anonymously, but to get publicity. So, you know, it was always a two-way street. And, you know, I always considered it kind of a... Uh, I don't know how you would exactly describe this, other than as a two-way street. Okay, the Enquirer needed stories, and the stars needed publicity. That is one hand washing the other. We couldn't really live without each other. The Enquirer couldn't live without the stars, and the stars couldn't live without publicity. Today, you have a proliferation. They all look the same. In the older days, you know, each tabloid had its own character, and the Enquirer was really the, the first huge, huge tabloid to make a rise. And, and I have always thought that over the past 30 years, the National Enquirer, is, in its beginnings, was kind of responsible in many ways for the tabloidization of the American media. People always flocked by, they were always intrigued by the, the headlines in the Enquirer, by the stories in the Enquirer. Even if they were too embarrassed to be seen walking out of the supermarket with it, they'd tuck it in between their grocery bags. But uh, I think the mainstream media caught on that, you know, these celebrities are uh, are big news. They get ratings. They get 
purchases of our of our publications. And then, of course, all the celebrities began to become very uh, socially involved, and so that made them even more newsworthy. I think the Enquirer had a big part to play in the tabloidization of the American media, which is what we have today. We've got Barbara Sternig with us today, barbarasternig.com. Coast to coast and boulder to boulder. Check out BarbaraSternag.com, Celebrity Secrets of a National Enquirer Reporter. Further images on the Hollywood Beat. And uh, how has journalism itself, tabloid or otherwise, changed, Barbara? Oh, boy, yeah. it's it's It has changed enormously. And I think the biggest uh, factor in that has got to be the rise of the device. You know, now everybody's a journalist. Everybody has a camera. Nobody, no celebrity can go out on the street. Uh, in fact, I was just reading a story. Rod Stewart, who's uh, you know having a sort of a rebirth here and banking some new original albums, he said, "You know, it's not like the old days where you could go out to the supermarket by yourself. Now everybody's got a camera. You have to watch every step you take. You've got to watch every word you say. You've got to, and if they're using the devices themselves, man, they have to watch every tweet they do, every everything they do. Yeah, that's how it's changed a lot. There is a much more." more uh, openness, you might say, or much more exposure of everything. And that's another thing, you know, even tragedies that happen around the world, we see them in real time now. It used to be that they'd be reported in the paper after some reporters could get into the uh, to the disaster area or whatever. It might be a week later. Now it's right then and there. So that is a huge change that's happened in journalism. And, and we also see now the sort of the decline of the published media, of the print media. That's kind of something that might disappear. In fact, a case in point, when I was working at the Enquirer, I'm not saying this is because of me, but you know, our highest sales levels were 6 million copies a week sold. That doesn't count subscriptions to the National Enquirer, and it doesn't count pass-along readership, in which mom buys the paper and then she gives it to her daughter, Julie, and then Julie passes it on to her boyfriend, who passes it on to his mom, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that was 25 million people in all, but today, uh, you know, the print media are going down because people get instant news. They turn on their little their little smartphone or they turn on their computer and that that's how they that's how they get their news today tv is even kind of on the wane from that point of view from the news standpoint so yeah big changes jim big changes we've got uh barbara sternig with us today barbara com. celebrity secrets of a national choir reporter further adventures on the hollywood beat she joins us today here on our big program now uh, how do we get this book tell us a little bit about your website everything Oh, sure. Oh, I hope people will go and see the website. Uh, you can, that's how you get the book. It's, uh, that book is available on the website, and so is my first book, Secrets of a Tabloid Reporter, as well as another book I've written, which is a kind of a picture of vintage photographs taken by my late dad during the 1940s and, you know, kind of a picture of life during that vanished era. But uh, the celebrity books are a lot of fun, and you can get all the details about these books uh, on the website pictures and, and especially go ahead and read those excerpts, and I hope you get a big kick out of them. Well, I appreciate you making time. Thanks for coming on our broadcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jim. It's been my pleasure. Appreciate it. There goes Barbara Sternig on Skype. We are going to take a timeout. And when we come back, we have got more coming up. It is the world famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast. Check out BarbaraSternig.com for more information. we got more coming up.
Today's show is brought to you by GoEpic Health, makers of Cholesterate, the natural way to lower cholesterol. Invented by the creator of Gatorade, Dr. J. Robert Cade, Cholesterate is clinically proven to lower cholesterol levels by 21%. Avoid the harmful side effects of statin drugs. Cholesterate works to naturally lower cholesterol and promote healthy weight loss. Order today and use promo code LDL25 to get 25% off your order or find a store near you at www.drinkcholesterate.com. Attention, this is a public notice from Citizens Disability. If you are one of the millions of Americans who are disabled and unable to work, you may be entitled to disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right if you suffer from a physical or mental disability. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied, Citizens Disability can help. You'll be given an advocate who will evaluate your situation, handle your application, and deal with Social Security. Best of all, there is no fee until you receive your benefits. We only get paid if you win your case. To get started with your free no-obligation consultation, call 800-504-1639. That's 800-504-1639. There are a vast number of conditions that can make you eligible for disability benefits, many that you may not be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, call Citizens Disability today. Again, that's 800-504-1639. 800-504-1639. That's Citizens Disability. Disability, 800-504-1639. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. They can consolidate your debts, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. Call Consolidated Credit now. 800-404-0907. 800-404-0907. That's 800-404-0907. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services Incorporated. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 33313. Not a loan company. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM-19. Oregon DM-80031. Licensed by Virginia State Corporation Commission DC-32. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-809-5785. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-809-5785. That's 1-800-809-5785. Welcome back to the big broadcast. It is coast to coast. It is Boulder to Boulder. It is iTunes. It is Radio Loyalty. Good old ESPN Sports Center. Does anybody remember ESPN Sports Center? Keith Olbermann is back on that channel. I he's on that show. I just I I don't understand how he keeps getting jobs. Who keeps giving him jobs? I guess when you're a rude fuck, you can get tons of jobs out there. I pff, the only thing I can think of, my friends. 
But uh, that is that. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we will see you uh, next time. Actually, I've got a little bit of time left. Got a little bit of time left, so let's do this. Let's throw in a pre-tape. Let's throw in a good old pre-tape, as they say. Da-da-da-do. Let's throw a pre-tape in and tell everybody about it. Let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Actually, we're just going to throw the pre-tape on the air. That's what we're going to do. All is now being recorded. Jeff George, how are you, sir? Very well. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Now, uh, we have got a lot of things to cover here. There is uh, holiday entertaining tips. The holidays are coming up. Uh, they're right around the corner. What do you have for us, my friend? All right. You know, a lot of people ask me what's the best way to have a successful um, holiday dinner, if it's Thanksgiving or Christmas and so on. Well, I say spend more time with your loved ones and less time in the kitchen. So what I like to do is I order a complete Thanksgiving dinner from Omaha Steaks, for example. You get everything like a, a whole base of turkey, three sides, a pumpkin pie, even a free pair of silicone-tipped tongues for just $160. Uh, you know, these guys are a fifth-generation family-owned company in Omaha Steaks. They're just known for that fine premium beef and gourmet foods. Uh, and actually, they're turning 100 this year. So uh, I go to omahasteaks.com, or you can call or visit one of their 70 retail stores to uh, order. Now, uh, we've got Chef George Duran with us today. He joins us live, uh, providing a twist on some classic dishes. How can we take the work out of entertaining, my friend? You gave us some details. Give us more. Yeah, you know, you, one of the things you want to do is kind of twist recipes just with one single ingredient. For example, let's take the classic green bean casserole. You, I always make it with French's crispy fried onions. Well, you can use those crispy fried onions on pretty much any side dish, like mashed potatoes. Or if you want to make them spicy, French's has a crispy jalapenos. Just put them on a jalapeno mac and cheese or make a cheesy bacon jalapeno popper dip. They have tons of recipes at French's.com forward slash Friendsgiving. Fantastic. It is Chef George Duran. He's with us today here on our big broadcast, providing a twist on some classic dishes. Now, what's the secret to a good holiday gathering, Chef George? You know, I always say be prepared, have quality ingredients, uh, and one of the things that I have is cobblestone bread sweet party rolls, a mild sweet flavor, perfect for a snack or a meal accompaniment. But what I do is I take the leftovers and I turn it into slider parties. So I take the cobblestone bread, and I add the turkey, the cranberry, the stuffing, uh, whatever it is that you have left over, just kind of make little slider parties, and people absolutely love it. And then, you know, a lot of people tend to ask me, and they say, boy, the day after Thanksgiving, i got to start eating lighter, and so on. So what I do is I air fry things now. So I have this new Cuisinart air fryer toaster oven, and what I do is I put French fries in there with zero oil. I air fry these guys, and you actually taste like it's fried, and it really isn't. It's barely any oil on it, or you can even make wings in them. So balance out the meals from eating heavy on Thanksgiving and then the days after with a lighter, simpler uh, dish like with your air fryer. Fantastic. Well, where do we go for more information, Chef George? Yeah, more information and even some dessert recipes by Tasty Cake, you can check out dailylounge.com. Fantastic. Well, have yourself a happy holiday. We'll talk soon. Thank you, my friend. You too. Thanks, James. Appreciate it.
If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS and cannot afford to make payments to the IRS... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.